There's one particular love-hate relationship that we need to talk about today, and that is launching. Yes, it's one of those necessary evils that we all have to go through whenever it just comes to launching and putting your stuff out there. If it's content creation, if it's your next digital course, if it's a book, if it's an event, if it's your business, launching is something we all must do. So I'm so happy to bring onto the show today a launch expert and someone who specializes in getting online programs out into the world, because I know that this is something that so many of you have told me, all right, I'm creating content. Now I want to monetize. How can I make that happen? And if you've listened to the podcast before, you know I am a big fan of online coaching programs, digital courses, and selling workshops and other types of programs that meet people where they're at and gives you the ability to help them along their journey. So Carrie Flynn is the owner of Virtual Simplicity, and she specializes in helping clients get their programs up and running by helping them get them created, designed, and ready to launch using their specialized scene method, which means simple, easy, efficient, and now, so that they can launch and maximize their profits. And Carrie was so fun. I loved having her on the show. Like We instantly became close friends because I was like, oh my God, I, I get you, and you get me, and I feel seen. We talked about the down and dirty about launching, some of my own experiences, and and what it's been like. And she just was such a fun person to chat with. She's also someone that loves yoga, her daily coffee, British TV shows and movies, and college football. Go Gators. She's been married to her husband for 16 years, and together they have two daughters, and they all live just outside of Mount Dora, Florida. So enjoy today's conversation with Carrie. Welcome to The Profit Podcast, where we teach you how to start, launch, and market your content with confidence. I'm your host, Crystal Profit, and I'm so excited that you're here. Thanks for hanging out with me today, because if you've been trying to figure out the world of content creation, this is the show that will help be your time-saving shortcut. So let's get right to it, shall we? All right, Profit Podcast listeners, I'm so excited for today's guest. Welcome to the show, Carrie. Hi, how are you? I'm so good. I love that you are in Florida. We were just chatting before, you know, we were we hit record and I'm just like, oh my gosh. Well, so I guess we're kind of on the same length with me being in Houston. She's in Florida. And I I love the idea that you're in a tropical space. Are you around the ocean? Or are you more inland? Um, well, I think we're probably an hour. Okay. Maybe an hour and 15 from, I think the closest one is Daytona. I'm like looking in my head, like which way? Because <laughs> I used to live in Jacksonville, which I was only like 45 minutes from the ocean there. But Central Florida, where I live now near Orlando, is kind of split between Tampa and Daytona. So probably about an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> But which is fine for me. Like, I'd rather be in a pool, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. I'm about about an hour and a half from Galveston. So I totally hear you there. Like, it's like, oh, I like to sit. I'm a beach sitter. I don't really get in the ocean. (laughs) I'm I'm not getting in the ocean, guys. I grew up here. I'm not not into it. 
Yeah. My family will. I'm not, I'm, I'm just going to hang out on the sand. <laughs> oh man, we could, we could just sit and chat on the ocean. I mean, I, I, let's be honest. I wish we were recording this on a beach because Gosh. we're recording this and it's still a little chilly outside. It but... cold. It's getting better. It's supposed to be 75 today here. Oh my gosh. I think it was in the seventies today. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I mean, everybody that's, I have a lot of friends that are in the Midwest right now and they're like, y'all can both shut up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But when you guys hear me hollering about a hundred plus in the summer, yes, that's exactly. our, that's when we get ours. So exactly. Well, Carrie, I'm so excited to have you today because you specialize in something that so many of us struggle with. And yeah. I'm cracking up because when we were talking earlier, you know, I was like, okay, here's here's a few ideas that we can talk about. And then we both shared the emotional side of launching is just the thing that so many of us struggle with. But before we get there, how how did you get into this? How did you start helping people with their launches and with their businesses? Well, in, I think it was probably... I guess it's April 2017. Like I'm coming up on my five year anniversary and I can never like, I don't have the exact date, but around April 2017, my oldest daughter was eight. My baby was six months or seven months old. And at the time I was still teaching public school full time. And so I originally started my business just as a virtual assistant because the just wanting to bring in more income into the family. So that's where it started small, like if that's where it started. And then probably six to eight months in, I, I scaled into being what's known as an OBM or online business manager. And when I started working with clients in that capacity, I just, it wasn't like purposeful. I sort of just happened into working with clients who had programs and they were launching something else. Like it could be they were launching their group coaching or their course. And a lot of them also used Kajabi. And so I ended up learning all about launch the launch process, (laughs) good, bad, and the ugly, just by working with those clients on an ongoing basis. I learned a lot about that process. And then I also learned about building out the different pieces of stuff you need for launches because I was the one doing a lot of it in Kajabi. So it was like Really, it was on the job training. So for about two years. And then I think in 2020 was when we really leaned into actually offering things as a separate service. So not just helping our one-to-one clients, but people needed help with launch support strategy. Like they needed help with setting up all the pages or the tech and the automate. You know, there's so many things that go into launching. I'm nodding so hard right now. I'm like a lot of things. And so (laughs) we started offering those as just project-based versus just for, you know, our one-to-one clients. And in last year, I actually went and got certified as a certified master marketer and then a certified launch manager. So I got a lot of professionally developed stuff in 2021 to sort of help us with that. So it's been a lot of fun, but I, I'm a pretty calm person because I've been through a lot of varying, I mean, every type of launch, big and small, successful, failed, like all in the between. So I don't get as ruffled by a lot of it anymore. And so that I think that's why I enjoy seeing other people be able to actually put their idea out there and, and find some success. That's a lot of fun for me. Just getting them to the finish line is a big one for me. 
Oh my gosh. And I, I can't even tell you how many times, like I have sat back and thought, I'm so grateful that I launched the very first time that I did. And we'll chalk that one up in the failed launch category, but I'm just, I'm so, I mean, just so grateful that I, and I tell people this all the time when they ask about launching a product, launching a book, launching a mm-hmm. program, anything. It's like, once you do it the very first time, you no longer have this fear of like, I have to do this launch and I have no idea what's going to happen. I don't know what to expect. And so there's a lot of people listening that are either in the process of launching their podcast, they're launching their online business, and they're just really in their own head. So can we talk a little bit about like, is there any one specific advice that you give to your first time launchers? Like they're brand new, maybe to the industry of having something online or creating content, anything like that, that comes to mind for a brand new launcher? Yeah. Well, the first time you do anything, I always try to remind people it's really to validate an offer. That's that's just, an, even if you have, I've had people have a, like six figure first launches. That does happen. It's not normal, but it does happen. And that's exciting when it does. Uh, but normally it's to validate the offer. It's to prove that Whatever thing you're putting out there is an actual solution to a problem that your people have. So that's important to keep in mind. Number one is that, um, and number two, I would say is you have to think about the goals that you're setting and they need to be realistic. That's another thing that I think people get. That's what causes some mindset issues for people is they're not really basing their monetary or financial goals or whatever goals off of something that's really a good metric to that you can actually pre- somewhat predict, I guess. And that can be difficult for people. And then they think they failed when really that goal wasn't, that wouldn't have been achievable from the beginning. So if you have, a, for example, a very small email list or no email list, like you can't expect to have the ideal that you're going to sell 3,000 <laughs> people into your course. I mean, magic happens, but it's, it's, pretty unlikely that's going to happen the first time and that's okay. So I see a lot of first time people who are really beating themselves up because they only had six people join. And I'm like, but you had like a hundred people on your list. That's like freaking great. Six is really good. So it's a starting, that means it's a validated offer. And now you're going to like use that information to take you to the next step. So that's the big one. I would say don't yeah. no more unrealistic goals. <laughs> And, and like, where do you think that comes from? Do you think it comes from, um, because I know that I've seen, I've been in the online space about since 2017, 2018, like whenever I really was like, okay, I'm actually, I'm going to do this. I'm going to learn. I'm going to invest in programs that are going to teach me how to do this really well. Um, and oftentimes I will see some testimonials come out that are just like, oh my gosh, like that's what I want. I want this gajillion dollar business because they did it on their first try and, you know, and I can do it too. So do you think that, you know, some of this mindset of unrealistic expectations comes from unrealistic testimonials? Like, or where, where do you think that that's like grounded in? Um, it could be unrealistic testimonials. It could be that they're looking at the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes when people get into, it could be a program or something that they're going to, and I'm not going to call out any specific program because it's marketing is important and testimonials are very, you got it. You should use testimonials, everybody like that's important for marketing. But sometimes when you are newer, especially when you don't have 
an audience anywhere with, or if it, or if it's newer, you know, it's very common for people to look at someone else who's maybe been in the game a little longer or who's launched this insert thing four or five times. Or I have had a client who they did have an audience because they had spent many years building that audience up and then launched a course. So they actually did a lot of legwork and that's why they had more success the first time around, which is not always the case. So I think that it's a lot of comparison that happens with people. I I hate to call it imposter syndrome, but maybe it's just, they're looking at other things and you don't know what somebody else, especially somebody like Amy Porterfield, for example, she's been in business a long time, has been doing this launch many, many years and has a lot of people to help her and support her. And she's constantly learning from all of her launches and then, and then taking that information and implementing it and improving it. And so she's, she hasn't really changed a lot of what she's offering. She's simply taking the information and improving it and improving it and improving it. And that's probably what it is, is you're looking at somebody else who might be further along than you are and thinking that you can get there the first time when that's maybe not the case and that's okay. It's a long game. It's a marathon. It's really not a sprint. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. Well, you bring up a good point too, because, you know, um, we've both learned from Amy and she's someone that comes up here a lot on Mm -hmm. the podcast. People are like, oh, I would love to be on her podcast and like talk to her and be part of her Mm -hmm. community and all these things. But I know something that she teaches and that is, you know, sticking to minimal offers and not having 17 different products and programs and all the things. So kind of what are your thoughts if someone has one product? They launch it, it fails. And then they come to you and say, okay, Carrie, I want to do another launch, but I don't want to do that ever again. Like that was terrible. I don't, I don't like they have this PTSD from a launch. Like, does that ever happen where somebody's like, I just want to ditch this product. It's not working. I'm going to do something else. It may not be the product. It could be, that's why you have to have a pretty good process and evaluating all the metrics of what happens and doing a, I know James Wetmore teaches this too, but debriefing your launches is really critical. So looking at the numbers, numbers don't lie. So paying attention to the numbers, that's why when you set goals, you want to base it off of, you know, numbers that are realistic. And if you don't, then you're going to be disappointed. So, but doing a really good debrief of everything and, if it doesn't go the way you wanted it to, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a failing offer. You need to really examine the offer. And if you keep changing the offer out, you're just going to have the same experience <laughs> over and over again because it takes time to really build up 
the messaging and build up the audience and make sure that you're speaking to the true problems that they have and you're giving them a great, easy solution with your offer and takes time to build know, like, and trust with people. And you owe people that to continue to do that. So um, if you just keep throwing in different things, it's, it's like putting lipstick on a pig, you know, that's a very Southern thing to say, by the way. So I just realized you're going to totally understand what I just said because you're in Texas, but it doesn't matter. It's just masking the problem with something else. So, and, but yeah, people do that a lot where they'll throw it out because it wasn't a good idea. Now there are times to do that. Don't get me wrong. There are appropriate times where we had the wrong offer and we need to we figure that out by debriefing and, and we can change the offer a little bit and pivot. But I'm not a fan of pivoting just because I'm bored or it doesn't work. No, like I'm a, more of a fan of like really trying to stick with it the long haul. Yeah. And I think that that's really good advice for anybody that's listening right now and you're about to launch something or you just launched something and it didn't go like that debrief. I mean, oh my gosh. Okay. This is going to be TMI, but I'm just, I'm going to go ahead and share it (laughs) because I just came off of a launch. I realized that, and this was like at the very top of my debrief is I, it was awful timing for me personally because, and like I said, this is TMI, but I'm going to go ahead and share it. I was right in the middle of my cycle. <laughs> oh I no. Felt the worst. Awful. Oh, I felt, I was like, how did I like totally misjudge this on top of that? Like I had to deal with a sick child. There was actually oh, two yeah. or three nights where I had sleepless nights right in the middle of the launch. Of course, if, if y'all watched the videos, y'all attended my training. You couldn't tell because I, there was putting lipstick on the pig that day. Oh, yeah. I was no, like coffee, definitely. coffee, coffee, espresso, like Lots of coffee. back and forth. But I mean, <laughs> it's something that I learned. And now I know going into my next launch, okay, this th- don't do that ever again. I need to make sure all the calendars are aligned to. Were you launching in December as well? No. So I launched, uh, I took December off. I didn't launch anything in December, but I launched in January, but this is actually a great topic. Are there certain times of year that like, Oh, I know it's, it's, we're recording this on February 1st. I'm thinking that it's like January still. Sorry. (laughs) I know it's February 1st. And when we're recording this and I, January is gone, it flew by. I don't even know where it went. (laughs) Yes, I will say there are some times of year, like I tell people, don't don't launch in December because A, you're going to be overwhelmed and stressed with most of the holidays that are celebrated are, are celebrated in that month. And it's just a busy time of year. So, and people are distracted typically. So unless you're like a, and you know, you're selling like e-commerce or, you know, digital online, like if you have a store or it would be appropriate for you to sell because that's a busy market time for you. Otherwise, like if you're launching coursing courses and, you know, online things like January is fine, but even February is fine. Like give yourself a month to like deal with the overhang of holidays, but there are certain industries, you know, you have to know your people. So if your people are buying then like launch then, but if it's, if you can't, don't need to, Just don't, <laughs> just avoid, or if they're like during the election years, I'm like, guys, don't run ads during like the second week of November, just give it a two weeks and start yeah. up this, right? You just like in 2020, I was like, y'all don't like just skip November. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's not we even stopped, worth it. like the second week, I was like, give it a couple of weeks. 
it's going to be rough. Yeah. So. <laughs> All my friends from Canada were like, what's going on? I'm like, just give it some time. Like it was, the ads were so expensive. So you just have to pay attention to what's happening and pay yeah. attention to how you're feeling too. If you're feeling like not well, then you can pivot if you need to, if you're not good, like it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that, I think that it had that been one of my very first launches, I don't know that I would commit to launching again. (laughs) This was like, this was at this point, probably my 10 or 12th launch. So again, like I said, I'm like, I can just, I can make it happen. I can muster the energy. And, you know, I was like, I could do it. I got through it. But I want to go back to what I see very often because I'm a part of a lot of online communities. There's people in our community that will get really excited about a launch. Like it's all the buildup, all the lead up. They've been spending weeks, maybe months working on their launch. And it's like the 24 hour period right before cart opens or they actually launch and all the feelings come up. All the like, I don't know that I'm ready. Should I really do this? I feel like I should push it back. Like all the things. So can you talk to us about maybe what, maybe some advice that you could give to those people or what would you say to a client if they came to you and like, Carrie, I, I, I'm not ready. I don't know that I can do this. Well, the emotions, I, I think we call it launch emotions. They're very real. And I can typically predict like almost to the day, like how somebody's going to behave if, when I'm working with them, when we work with them one-to-one anyway, it's pretty, pretty, cause everybody does the same stuff, which is like total, like questioning every questioning life, like the day before, like just questioning everything. Are they going to buy? And then it's like super exciting. And then, and then if like a million people won't buy on the first day, by day two, they're panic. They're like totally losing faith in humanity. So like that middle, like two to three day, day two to four is like, just feels terrible. And then it's like excitement again, because people, human beings always buy on car open or close. It's like something about, I don't know why, but we all do it. And then like the four days in between, it's like, really quiet and kind of slow and trickles in and people freak out during that like three day kind of dead zone period. (laughs) But I always like the biggest thing you can do to prepare yourself is to really, 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 really put in self-care practices. Number one, like that's number one, like it sounds so dumb and silly, but you have to really do that ahead of time. So like prep, like get a meal planning service, go schedule. If you can afford to do it, if it's in your budget, schedule a massage, schedule a facial, like get your nails done. If that's something you're into, go get your hair done, like go out for walks every day, um, have fresh flowers delivered, like don't do, and then don't suck yourself into like staring at the you know thing. If it helps you to look at the numbers and refresh all the time, it's just going to stress you out. So don't do that. Um, that's number one. I always tell people to like really plan that ahead. And then that if you have a team of people with you, that helps them because if you're not panicking, you're not going to burn them out and panic them out because you, your job as a leader is to take care of them. And if you're like panicked, you're going to end up behaving badly with your team. I just can guarantee you. Um, so that's number one, self-care. And number two, I really encourage my clients to celebrate every day something small because something good is going to happen every day during a launch. Even if it's one person joined or, Oh, this email did great or something, look for something small to celebrate. And then it really bring your team in. If you have a team of people and encourage them to celebrate, because that's going to put out the positive energy into the space and really dissipate negativity. 
And again, it sounds kind of woo woo, but it really does like help you feel better. And regardless of the number outcome, you're going to enjoy that process because the point of it is to enjoy it. You can enjoy the process, but you have to prep yourself for it. So that's what I kind of forced my people to do. They get sick of me talking about it, but it does help a lot. Yeah. And I'm thinking of, I feel like we're in launch therapy now. I'm like processing all of the mistakes that I made. (laughs) Well, it's all information. It's all information. And every time you get to the end of a launch, it's going to give you information. And then you can give yourself a few days or a week to, then you can go and reflect back on, oh man, like I didn't do handle that well. Uh, Next time, this is what I'll do. Like it's all, and the same with the numbers, it's all just giving you info. Oh, sorry. There goes my alarm. (laughs) That's my alarm to tell me my daughter gets out of school at three o'clock. So (laughs) delightful. Um, Sorry about that. So that's pretty like, this is just mom life guys, just so you know, like, this is my whole life. So I would say it's okay. Like don't beat yourself up because like you said, you've launched what 10, 12 times and you're still learning. That's the point. Like you're going to keep learning and it'll get better and better and better and better every time you do it. And if it's not getting better, you have to ask yourself why and really dig into that. This is great to know. I mean, I'm I'm curious, do you work with a lot of people that are first time launchers or do you work with people that come to you and say, Carrie, I've launched, I've really messed things up. Here's my mess. Please look at it, examine it and help me get better. Both. We've had people come to us who are newer, who are probably successful in business, but maybe haven't launched online before or are launching a new thing that they have never launched before. We've had that many times. And then we've also had people who are successful and have launched a lot, but it's messy or it's not, it's not scaling the way they like it, or there's, it's not systemized, right? There's something wrong with it and they want to make it better or they just don't want to deal anymore. And they're doing a lot of it and they don't want to do the things anymore. They just want to show up and be the CEO or show up and be with their people. And so we get lots of those people too. Yeah. And while you were talking about all the things that you, that go into a launch, this might be, this might be a controversial question to ask. I don't know. (laughs) I'm thinking about it. You're going to, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but what would you consider is the most important thing to focus on in the pre-launch? Like, do you tell people work on growing your audience, work on your sales page? Is it your email list, getting things together for social media, or does it just depend on the person and the type of launch? It depends, but typically what we do in that first phase, which is the pre-launch phase, is we do heavily emphasize um, having like what's called a launch runway. So Mm -hmm. meaning you have a plan for your your strategy of how you're going to communicate with people, whether that's social media, emails, and that first, you know, 12 weeks or so before you're (laughs) opening the doors all the things that you're talking about, lives, all the content, anything should be kind of starting to direct them and prepare people. So you're kind of like little nuggets here and there to prep them. And they may or may not notice, but it's just a little like thing here and there. And the little things that you're sharing are going to naturally lay the groundwork to lead them into, of course, then you'll launch at 12 weeks later. But I do encourage people list build. You always want to do that. If you don't have an opt-in, 
that's a perfect time to create one. If you don't have a, even if it's a low cost offer, something to just bring people into your space or re-engage people, you know, in some, in some manner, I'm always a fan of bringing new people because I, people will make the mistake of not doing that. And then they're relaunching the same thing to the same people. And then it gets kind of stale. And so it's nice to have a fresh set of eyes and that's the goal. So yes, we always encourage that. That's important. And then if you do have, you know, it's a new offer, that's a perfect time to create a strategic plan. Even if it's an old offer, a new strategic plan, set your goals, look at what your numbers are on your email list. Don't base it off of your Instagram followers. Like really look at something you can predict off of, set the good, better, best goals, you know, create the plan for what you're going to do. And then you're starting to activate the people involved. So that first part of it is really just getting people ready. And it takes, I mean, not a lot of people give themselves enough time. It really is a 12 week process from the day you start the plan until you actually open the doors to the program. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. When you said 12 weeks a second, I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like, what? Because I've never launched. Exactly. So can you go a little bit more into like what, when you work with people and you're trying to set them up for success, Mm -hmm. whenever they're launching, is there anything that you're like, okay, first and foremost, we really lay this out because Mm -hmm. we want this, this, and this to happen? Or what happens over a 12-week period that you think are just super important? So the first three weeks I already mentioned, that's really where you're kind of putting your plan together. You're looking at um, like what, if you're going to have an opt-in, what is it? We're going to get it out there and start promoting it. We're, we're kind of getting our plan in place for the content. Like we're going to start strategically talking and sharing and all that. And if you, again, you use social media, but it could be emails, could be on a podcast. If you have a podcast, use your podcast. Believe me, that's an excellent way to sell. Like do that. Anywhere you're marketing, you're going to share. And then probably about three, you're also going to do any new copy, any copywriting at the beginning, because that's the part that takes a long time, (laughs) believe it or not. And it's kind of the thing that is needed in many areas. So a lot of people think they can design and then do copy. And I'm like, well, they kind of work together. And so get your copy out of the way. That's the thing that a lot of people get stuck in that keeps them from launching on time, believe it or not. So if you don't have the means to hire help in copywriting, like start with that too during those first three or four weeks. And then you're going to move into the implementation phase. That's where you build everything. Pages, products, if you need to, all the tech, scheduling emails, scheduling social media, like scheduling everything. You're just putting everything together. And that's a three or that's probably a four or even sometimes five week process because it's just a lot of stuff. If you have things you're reusing, it's a lot faster. If it's a new offer, that's why we have four or five weeks because it takes time to put together a landing page, a sales page, thank you pages, scheduling the emails, like scheduling your social media content, creating the graphics, creating the, all the things. I'm just listening like that's not even everything. It's just like little things. And then really the last phase is when you actually do your sales event. So if you're doing I have clients that do private podcasts as a sales event, webinars, um, workshops, challenges, whatever you're choosing to do. That third phase of it is really a few weeks long, maybe 10 days-ish. And that's just really when you're opening the doors. Like we're opening the doors to our program. We're doing our sales event. We're doing all the things that we need to do while the doors are open. And then at the end, we close the doors and we do our debrief. 
I will say in the middle phase too, you're starting to promote your sales event as well. So you got to keep that in mind. Give yourselves a couple weeks to do that. Well, y'all, I, I hope that you understand what Carrie just gave you. Well, like go back and listen to everything that she just <laughs> said, because that was so, and it, like, I'm nodding, I'm nodding along so hard. If y'all can't see me, but like I, because <laughs> it, it sounds like a lot, it is, it yeah. is, but it also is very effective if executed properly. Yep. But I know that there's a lot of people listening, you know, you've talked about, you know, your team or having a team, but you've also done launches as a solopreneur, right? Mm-hmm. And is there any one thing that you're like, okay, if you had to spend so much, if it's just you, but yeah. maybe they could hire a VA to just help yes. in a few areas here and there. Do you have any recommendations on where to start with that? And you can really just know you can really start small. I mean, I've had clients, this is going to sound very counterintuitive to what I just said, but I'm all for like imperfect action and then you can make it better. So what I just explained to you is typically what I do with our one-to-one clients. And then we also teach people how to do on their own, but Um, Or I do it in intensives with clients if they hire me to do it with them. But you don't have to have any of that at the beginning to be successful. If you have something you want to beta test, it's new. I've had clients literally kind of build a sales page on a Google document. It's very, very minimalist. And they maybe had, they put together emails for their email list and they had maybe an opt-in that they were list building. And then they were doing some sort of organic social media. It wasn't anything fancy. They didn't have 30 different emails. You know, it wasn't anything crazy, but they just started talking about it. And sometimes I'll tell people to do that. I'm like, all right, you have this thing. Okay, cool. I want you to just start like selling it tomorrow. And we'll just like, that's going to validate it and give us some info. And then we can prepare for a bigger, bigger launch, you know? Especially if it's a smaller product, you really want to know if it's validated or not. Just put it out there. <laughs> Let's just yeah. go. Yeah. I mean, I have a, I literally have a client right now and she's amazing. And she just didn't have the time to finish the sales page, but she had it on a Google Doc. So she just started, she just started putting it out there. And it was, it was successful because her messaging and what she was saying was resonating with people. And it was a solution to a problem that they had, but she just didn't have the page. She didn't have some of the pieces. Don't let the the implementation part stop you from, you know, putting your stuff out there. You can really start messy and then you can really grow and do it. You know, you can go from level one, two, three, four, five. Like you don't have to have all the fancy tools that Amy's probably using in her launches, for example. That is not a requirement for success. She didn't have those when she started DCA, I can guarantee you. So just yeah. you sort of ease in as you go and build. It's like stair steps. Yes, yes. And this is, I mean, this is true of, I'm again, I'm taking it back right back to my <laughs> lunch because I just did it. But this was the first time I had ever really built in all of my my automations, I use ConvertKit for my email yep. service provider. And, you know, ConvertKit does great where you can have a broadcast and you can schedule it out on a certain day. Well, I did the whole visual automations, which I love so much. And I was able to build out this super fancy, sophisticated thing. And I was sharing it with some friends and they were like, oh my gosh, like, this is amazing. You have to show me how you did this. And I told them, 
there's no way I'm showing you how to do this because this took me eight launches before. No, please don't do that at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) No, like, no, this is not my first launch. This is like four years in. I'm Mm -hmm. finally able, like, and and like, this is what my question is going to be is, what type of confidence, like the compounding confidence from someone that is just getting started, like you said, they're launching really scrappy versus someone who, that's done it a few times and they're like, okay, like I, I think that I can do something a little bit more challenging. Is that typically what you'll see happen oh, yeah. with people that launch? Very. There'll be more, um, the confidence is when you know you have a validated offer, when you know that it impacts people it makes you more comfortable taking um, not risks with the launch itself, but they're more comfortable trying maybe unique and different sales events or different ways of doing things or maybe playing around with something um, just to see what happens. They're more willing to test. And that's great. Like, um, And also they're more willing to like lean into and amplify what their strengths are. A lot of people at the beginning aren't as comfortable doing that because they want to do what works, what they think works. And as you get more confident and more successful, successful, meaning like the offer is, you know, really helping people, that's when you can see people really get much more comfortable in what they're supposed to do. And they're more willing to let go of stuff that they don't need to do and they can get help and support and try tech, new automations. They might try different, they might try new emails, you know, there's, much more comfortability. And then if it totally bombs, you're like, okay, well, let's go try That didn't work. Get rid of it. And they're more willing to like (laughs) evaluate the info and they don't get personally offended by it either very often. They just go, oh, well, that sucked. And okay, now we're going to do this. We're not going to do that again. So that's how you know you're (laughs) doing okay if you're willing to. (laughs) No, it didn't go so well, but you know, you still had people join. So that's, they were happy about that. But yeah. I love the personally offended by something that like that you created yourself because I, I like that. That just hit well, me like real the hard. Emotions like, of it, yeah. It's still there, but they're not as apt to like completely like just think they're a failure. If yes. something, if they, if they set a goal for like 400 registrants and only 200 signed up, they're not necessarily going to get like just totally you know, emotional, they're going to go, okay, well, was that a realistic number? Like, oh, but yeah, I only had 200, but like, you know, 75% of them showed up live. And so they're going to look for the thing to like, which that happened with someone recently where she had a goal of like 400, she had like 150 sign up, which wasn't her goal. But then she had like, of the 150, a hundred of them were live, which is like a super high show up live to a webinar rate, just so you were wondering, it's usually like 20% and that's like 70% or 80%, which is very, very high. So that's something to celebrate. So she was like, okay, well that didn't work, but this is a really positive. So she's, you just automatically are looking for the wins and then you change and you just, we, we just immediately pivoted right out of that into, okay, well let's see what we can do next time to improve. And that's what we did. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm, oh my gosh. I'm just like, yeah, that would be incredible to have that many people live and they bought from you. What? Like, that is, I mean, and it's a higher and hers is not a course. We're talking a higher ticket, you know, eight week coaching program. So this is a big ask, but, you know, having out of those people like 10, 10 or 15 apply and then, you know, six 
sign up. It's a big deal. It's a, it's, I was like happy about it. I was like, this is good. Heck yeah. You're like, this is a win. We're I'm, win. I'm happy this. With it. But I'm all, <laughs> for, I'm all for setting, you know, best goals, like BHAGs, big, hairy, audacious goals. Nothing wrong with them. Just don't like tie your, tie your whole life to them because we like to stay in the real world too. Yes. <laughs> we can oh predict. <laughs> yes. That's so good. And especially because, you know, I, I imagine that you have different clients across multiple industries too. Mm-hmm. So you would be yep. able to see, okay, we know that this works really well in this industry and this one, you know, like, let's try this. But is there anything that you've seen kind of over the last 12 months that that's a trend compared to whenever you first got started? Is there something that's working a lot better today? When I started, webinars were really big. (laughs) They still work. Don't get me wrong. I will say people are much more comfortable trying different sales events now, which I love because I feel like you got to do what works for the people you're serving. And not everybody is going to benefit from or can show up to a webinar. So if you have, if you're servicing mothers, so I have a, a friend who... It, her business is, is servicing homeschool women, women who homeschool and are entrepreneurs. So showing up live is very challenging for them. And so she's really done a nice job of thinking outside the box. And I have another uh, client of mine who does private podcasting because that has been very effective. And so instead of doing a webinar, she's doing what she would teach in a webinar in a private podcast over like five, six episodes. And And then you can combine that. If you enjoy engaging with people, lots of people are combining, doing like hybrids of something plus a Facebook group or a pop-up group plus texting. You know, there's so many things you can play with. And I just always tell people like, one, what is resonating with you? And two, like, what's going to serve the people you are best? And just play around with it. And it's a lot of fun. But man, private podcasting I've seen a lot lately. I don't know. <laughs> it's been very popular lately. So it's really neat because it's it's kind of passive and people can do it whenever. And then you can still combine it. Like if you want to engage with people like in a live setting, you could do it in your Facebook group if you had one or like a Slack channel or something, whatever. I mean, there's so many ways to have fun with it. So I say yeah. outside the box, like uh, one of somebody did a webinar instead of calling a webinar, they called it a cocktail party. Like over the holidays, she did something and that was real cute. And so everybody came to the thing with cocktails and she still did her w- webinar, but it was fun. And so like, there's ways to like jazz it up and, you know, I thought that was cool. It's a cocktail party idea. Yeah. <laughs> I love part, it. Coffee chat. If you don't drink coffee chat, you know, there's so many cute fun. That's a place you can get creative. You can do something normal and just reinvent it, which is fun. And again, if it totally is like, then you just move on and try something else. (laughs) That's something you can play with as your sales event a little bit. I love that. Oh my gosh. You just gave me so many like fun ideas because I've been thinking. There's a million more out there that I'm sure I haven't heard of, but those are my favorites recently. But this is what's so fun because this is an ever-changing, ever-evolving mm-hmm. industry. And so if somebody's listening and you're just getting in and you're like, oh my gosh, like I have a thousand ideas, like Carrie just said, pick one that really resonates with your personality, who you are, and a way that you can actually deliver to your audience and feel confident about it. Because yes. I will see people that come to me like a deer in headlights and they're just like, I don't want to be on camera. I don't want to do this. And like you just said, 
you could do a private podcast. You could. You, could. you can do an email series. Yeah. You can do a video series if you have YouTube. Like there's lots of ways or just go live on your Facebook if you are comfortable. Like you don't have to do it on Zoom. Like there's lots of ways to do it where you're not <laughs> not uncomfortable. Always challenge and push yourself, of course, because that's important, but you don't have to start out doing a fancy webinar that's like 90 minutes long, you know, if you don't yeah. want to. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. We've we've mentioned so many awesome tools and now I'm thinking of what's your like favorite launch tool? Like the thing that you're just like I could not live without this one launch tool. I don't even know. That is so hard for me. Okay, cuz we usually will combine multiple things. Um so my favorite one that I work in for hosting things is Kajabi. That's my favorite. So if you have a course, if you have a membership, that's my like go-to. My favorite still it has a wonderful customer experience on the customer side. So that's my favorite for that. I do love, um, I'm trying to think what's the other thing we've done recently that I really liked. Um, you know, video ask has been a lot of fun for me lately. And you're probably like, what's that Carrie? It's this type form owns it, which is type form is like questionnaires and stuff, but you can put on your sales page. It looks like a little circle <laughs> of your face talking to them and they can ask you questions. You can also embed these really cool like videos of you just like on a thank you page, you can send them an emails and it's just a way to kind of increase engagement with people. And you can just video yourself doing like these short clips where you're, instead of just emailing them questions, you can ask the questions and then um, one of our clients has had a lot of success with um, more engagement and increase the show up rates for webinars or for live events. And you can put them in your funnels. Like there's a lot of play with it. So I highly recommend, and it's really not super expensive monthly. It's not a huge investment. So if you're comfortable with video, highly recommend, very, very effective. It's a lot of fun too. I've been playing with it for my own business too. This is so good. So I can, I can tell you a quick story about video ask because I actually, I got an affiliate, I was doing an affiliate promotion last year and I did, I tried it. I was, I just did the free trial of video ask. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to see, you know, I had some, yeah. talk about like some buffer time in, in my, in my 12 week launch plan. I was like, Oh, I had like a day or two where yeah. I was like, what else could I do? And that's what I did. I did a video ask and actually I got a sell from it, even though oh, I had no idea what I was doing. I it's no very idea. effective. And I was like, I had heard of it and hadn't really done a ton And then I just recently started working with a client a month or two ago, and she has a very robust video ask. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. And, but I just think it's cool. You can embed it on your pages. So if you want to have like, instead of having like the little mini chat thing, it's like, it looks like your face and you're just like, it's funny. It's like, it's, it's interesting. It makes it makes people want to click on it. I don't know. So you can do that, which is a little more advanced, or you can literally just record a video of yourself and it can embed it in the email. It works in ConvertKit really well and other things too. Oh, that's awesome. Well, uh, we're going to have a link to Carrie's favorite tools and yes. I'm going to throw in some that I've the, tried as well. I don't know if they have an sure. affiliate, but if they do, you should, you should get it. Everybody should be an affiliate <laughs> video ask if they have one. I don't well, this is so awesome. I, I really appreciate you sharing all the amazing launch knowledge. I feel like this was a masterclass in launching. <laughs> We're going to come back before they launch and they start planning their strategy. But I want to ask you a few rapid fire questions. It was fun. Yes. If you're up for that. Okay. I can have good answer, rapid answers. 
Okay. Well, the first one is what piece of advice would you give to a brand new content creator or someone that's just about to launch? Okay. If you're new, um, just make sure you have somebody in your circle that you can, that can be like a support person for you. (laughs) And I mean, and that's not very sexy, but you need somebody to kind of be able to go to and vent to. So if you're a new content creator, somebody that, um, and, and, the, somebody that you can trust to talk to. And then if you're new, you need to get investing in yourself. That's a, a, that's just a given. Like you can use all these awesome tools and get all the tech and all the things. But at the end of the day, like nobody got here alone. If you're in any success, nobody got there by themselves. So if you haven't already invested in some coaching or a paid membership or something, please do that like ASAP because you'll have some additional support for your launch beyond just the the strategy and stuff, which is important. But make sure you invest in yourself. Make sure you have somebody to support you. That's a peer. Very important. That's great. That's great. <laughs> and no, it's true. I totally agree. I think that that's fantastic advice. Okay. The next one is a two-part question. And it is, what is the dream podcast you would love to be on? And who is the dream oh. podcast person that you could interview? Oh, I don't know. That's hard. Okay. I do really love, um, this is not a business podcast, so, you know, but I actually really like, um, Glennon, the Doyle, no, I don't know what, what her name is. I think it's Glennon Doyle. What's I don't think she took Abby's name, but it's to it today. Oh, we can do hard things. Do hard things. That's yeah. That's one of my favorite podcasts. Um, I love that one so much. And I would, I would be, I would love to either be on it or interview them because I think they just cover super cool topics. Um, another podcast that I would love to just like vibe with is actually really like Armchair Expert. Again, not a business one. I'm terrible. Like I all I listen to podcasts that aren't always business related, but that or Brene Brown's podcast, probably, because I feel like I could just gab on for hours because they have such interesting topics. And that would be a lot of fun for me. Well, you just listed three of my, some of my, my favorite podcasts three. too. So Every it's day. perfect. <laughs> it's I do perfect. like the Lazy Genius as well. Um, the Lazy, I think it's called the Lazy Genius. It's, hers is really good too. Oh, this is so good. Well, my last question is, do you consider yourself a perfectionist? Yes. Which makes it very hard too <laughs> for me to launch myself. So when I tell you I understand, I really do. <laughs> And I'm a low quick star on the Colby, which is also just delightful. Oh, that's so funny. But I I think that it's fantastic that you have this experience that you can bring Mm -hmm. to the table to tell people like, look, I I truly understand what you're going through when you're launching. It's so hard (laughs) for me. I, I have to push myself forward every day or I just won't go anywhere. So I really get it. Oh my gosh. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I know that there are so many people in the audience like, I don't think I want to do this alone. I would love to hire Carrie and her team to come help us out. So what does that look like? And where can people learn more about working with you for their next launch? We have kind of something at every level. So if you are somebody who is kind of starting out, we have some kind of DIY freebies and low cost offers. I'm getting ready to relaunch my course where I talk about kind of getting your first 30 or next 30 students um, in your course using Kajabi. It's called the K30 Roadmap. That'll be coming out probably the end of February. I'm just updating 
the content <laughs> and fixing the sales page, which I know you all know all about. So, um, and we also have some free and low cost options. I have a launch toolkit that's a like $27. And then we have a free launch checklist and a Kajabi checklist, which helps you kind of check off and get all the things in order for your launch or get all the things ready to, if you use Kajabi to do all of your implementation tools, I have that. Um, that's all on our website, virtualsimplicity.co. But if you're ready for some more like one-to-one or done-for-you support, I do a series of different VIP days and intensives for people who just want to have like something quick to help them get started. Or if you're really ready for the full-on, like let's let Carrie and her people come in and handle it for you, we will we have those done-for-you services as well. And all of that is listed on our website under the work with us uh, button on our site. Perfect. Well, we're going to link to everything, all the freebies that Carrie mentioned and the different ways that you can work with her and her team. But I, I'm so grateful for this conversation today. I felt like, like I said, you're my launch therapist. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to call myself you. that. <laughs> you should. I'm going to call myself that. I really <laughs> feel like because... a therapist sometimes. That's great. Um, well, I'm just sitting here like, Carrie, can I tell you all the ways that I messed up my last launch and then yes. you can help me fix I'm it? Calling myself that. Yeah, the launch therapist trademark. The yeah, launch therapist. probably taken. <laughs> yes, yes, it's done. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Carrie. Thank you for having me. I had the best time. It was awesome. So fun. Like I said, I like launching is the necessary evil. It's the thing that we all must do in order to show up in a big way and put our content out there and start our businesses. But Carrie just really kind of put my mind at ease for my next launch. I talked about where I messed up on a previous launch, but it just really helped me see things from a different perspective. And I hope that you felt the same way. Make sure you go get connected with Carrie and reach out to her and her team. If she's someone that you'd love to work with, you can find all her information at crystalprofit.com forward slash episode 343 for today's show notes. But that's all I have for you. So if this is your first time tuning in, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you are listening and take a screenshot wherever you're listening to this podcast today. Tag me, tag Carrie, and let us know what your number one takeaway was from today's episode. But that's all I have for you. So as always, remember, keep it up. We all have to start somewhere somewhere.